Presented by MisfitsAudio.com Adventure awaits! Tom Crean, Sailor on Ice Written by David Herzl and post-produced by Michael Hudson Episode 2 Cold Hard Lessons Oh, such a wind! I thought the wind might blow me right away. I've never seen it like this. Fit to blow the breath out of a person. And the rain! In all my years, I've never seen it like this. I have. Is that you, Nell? Of course it's me, you bloody old fool. What? Who's this with you? Mr. Fraser. He's come from the Times. He wants to write up my story. Another one, is it? How come you're talking to this one? He's the first one of them all you've given a single word to. Mr. Fraser? I don't know, Nell. It seemed like my time. My Mrs. Nell. They call her Nell the Pole. You can guess why. Mrs. Cream. Oh, call me Nell, Mr. Fraser. Tom, haven't you got something for him to drink? Oh, that's quite all right. I'd best not indulge. Come now, Fraser. The sun's up over the yard arm. Well, it would be if we could see it. I won't have you dry in my house. Mary! You don't have to shout, Papa. I'm right here. Ah, listening in, are you? You know she can't hear enough of her father's endless tales of cold and ice and icy winds blasting down the glacier. I've heard him so often. Myself, I think I've went to Antarctica instead of him. But they're good stories. Everyone wants to hear them. And mind you, Mr. Fraser, every word of it's true. The more you can't believe, the closer it is to God's truth. He won't be boasting to you. You don't have to. A modest man. Oh, modest ain't the half of it. He just tells them and you decide. Mary, dear, draw Mr. Fraser a Guinness. Yes, ma'am. Mrs. Cream. Nell! Nell! Never mind her. She's heard it all. But to get back to it, we found a landing place, you see, but we hadn't yet landed. The passage was done, and the work not yet begun. We went from able seaman, to Steve Dorr, to draft animal, in a matter of hours. You there, bear a hand! Get off! Ah! I'll certainly be glad to be finished with this. How much more stuff is there? No shirkers in this man's navy. Come on, come on! We had on board the makings of a house. Scientific huts, grub for two years, coal for a lot of it, and it all had to be set up ashore. It was already February, autumn in those parts, with winter closing in fast, and we had no time to lose if the shore station was to be set up and the ship sent north for the winter. Scott, he was never one to let on what was on his mind, until it was made up. Then there was no change in it, you'll see, and thank God the most of the time he was right. Once the hut, no hovel you see, larger than the South Pole in here, but we still called it the hut. Once the hut was up and ready, then he decided the anchorage was protected from the sea ice, 
and the ship could stop there safely for the winter. Seemed like a good idea to me. The mess deck was a damned sight. Papa? The mess deck looked a good deal more comfortable a place to spend your off watch than that drafty Shabin we'd set up ashore. The merchantmen weren't so happy about it. Oh, I didn't sign on for this. Yeah, oh, let them naval swabs stop ashore. I've got work to do. I knew it weren't going to be holiday, but that just takes a biscuit. Said they'd signed on for a round trip, not an extended stay without leave, and they raised a fuss. The captain read out the articles to him and clapped the cook in irons, and put an end to that. That was the end of it. We kept things pretty quiet in the mess deck after that. There would be other things we would have to contend with. The shore station was complete, the ship safe in her snug harbour. Any relief ship looking for us next summer would call first to Cape Crozier, looking for news. And we'd best set up our mail post and notice now, while the autumn weather held. Cape Crozier? The farthest end of our island. Not quite the end of the world, 30 miles overland. Up through the gap to the barrier, and across a frozen bay, and back again. It looked easy. If the weather held, it would be a walk in the park for him. Scott wanted his men to get a taste of sledge travel, and told off twelve together. Quartly, Wella, Heald, Plumley, Hare, Evans, Wild, Vince. I wasn't to be going. We helped them get their gear up through the gap and down onto the sea ice on the other side. They weren't much of a show in their laden. Everything on top and nothing handy. The rest of us stayed on at the ship. It blew up a gale that night, the snow flying so thick you couldn't see the end of your nose. We hoped the men out had seen it coming and got into the tents before it struck. What on earth? Look at the state of him. My God. It's wild. Let him through here. What are you doing here? Where are the rest? There's four of them. Where are the rest? Lizards. Caught out. Are you alone? What about the others? Get the captain. Separated. Lost. Vince. Where? Quiet in here. Get the captain, will you? Wild, what happened? He's near frozen. They are. Get some beef tea from the galley and be quick about it. Get a blanket. A blanket. Here. Wild, come sit. Where's the captain? Wild, what's happened? Separated on the barrier. Three went on. Bant and back and the rest of us came up over the ridge at Castle Rock. This can't be. Lizard! Trapped! Freezing! Separated again! There's four of you here. Where are the others? I don't know! Vince is gone! What? Gone? Call for steam. Now! Shackleton! Sir! Volunteers for a search party. Now! Come along, boys! Who's up for a pleasure cruise? Plenty of berths available. No waiting at the dockside. I'll go. I'm in. Come on, Where's my oil skins? Prepare the whaler for launching. Who else? Hands to the davits. Gangway! Tell me now, Wild, where are the others? We split up. 
We were making no progress on the barrier, so three of the officers went on. The rest of us turned back. Lieutenant Barn in charge. The weather was clear, we came up and across a narrow part of the ridge by Castle Rock, thinking we'd make the ship with less trouble that way. The, 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 the blizzard came on and caught us on the heights. In minutes we were stranded. Sought the lee of the rocks, but there was no pitch in a tent, no light in a stove. Frostbites on all of us. Where are the others? We were only a mile or two from the ship. In a lull we saw her, and then she was gone, but we had the bearing of her. If we'd stayed, we'd all be frozen. So off we went. Some of the men had ski boots, some fine scores on their feet. The fine scores wouldn't grip in the snow. We came on a slope and inched our way down. I lost my footing, slid down, but who knows how far. I'm brought up right at the edge of the bluff, water below. I could hear it on the rocks. Then came another man sliding, then another, then Vince. He went past me like a shot over the edge into the air. That was the last I saw of him. Vince, gone. Wild, you sure? The bluff went straight over to the water. Could see it swelling through the blizz. Those of us who didn't go over, we got our foot and came over the edge. Worked our way up. I don't know about the others. I wouldn't have much hope for them. I can't see you! Where are you? Follow my voice! Which way's back? Where is everyone? Watch out for the crevasses! Can't see a foot in front of us. Whenever you need a good man around to help you out of a jam, Wild is the man to have. Never loses his nerve, always has the right instinct for what to do next in a tight spot. Hard as iron, doesn't say much, but when he does speak, it's always dead on. Before the storm blew out, Shackleton had us out in the whaler. It was alright, some of us knew how to handle a boat in a rough sea. We searched the rocks below the spot where Vince went over the edge. It was hopeless. When we got back to the ship, more of the last men had come in, all but Hare. We had no fear for the officers still out to Cape Crozier, but Hare was still missing. Scott was distraught. Two of my boys, gone. Then, right out of the wilderness, Hare came up, walking right up onto the ship. He'd gotten separated from the others, taking cold, curled up in a drift to await his end. Then he awoke. He knew not how much later, shook off the snow, and made the best of his way to the ship. It was a miracle, I tell ya. A miracle, yes. Nell, I see what you meant. It was the first of many very hard lessons. Much later, Shackleton said it best. Years later, out in the ice after the wreck of the Endurance. What the ice gets, the ice keeps. We had no idea what we were up against. But we were finding out more with every passing day. A few of the officers went out next, to can away from the distant headlands south. That was no lark either. They damn near froze the first night, and ran for it back to the ship before they were crippled by the cold. I tell ya, Fraser, 
You have no idea how cold it can get. Camping on the trail in the autumn. 47 degrees below zero. 47 below? Indeed. Your clothes freeze hard as boards. They crack when you move. You wake in the morning in a molting fur sleeping bag, damp with your own sweat. An inch of rime on the inside of the tent canvas. Your socks and boots are frozen solid, but that's alright. You can thaw them with your feet as you pull them on. Frostbites bloom on your cheeks like Easter lilies. The sledge and all its gears frozen together in a solid block. There is no sleep, no rest, no comfort. No reason to remain, but to do what you set out to do. And you did? We did. Scott let out one more party to lay out a depot for the spring sledging. We gave it up after that and settled in for the winter. At least in the ship we had coal and grub aplenty. And once we hove down for winter quarters, plenty of time in our hands. The ship was frozen in for the winter. She was built stout as a Dundee whaler, near solid oak in some places. That was her beauty. The sea might freeze around her and heave and grind however it might. The ice would never harm her. The sea froze solid for a thousand miles. It would be a long time before the Discovery would call herself properly afloat. We would spend that winter further south than any men yet had. And we could only suppose how deep the cold might be, how dark and long the night. We in the mess deck had it better than them in the wardroom. We had the galley right next to us, and Cookie never let the stove go out. They had the burden of the night watch, the weather and magnetic tables to maintain. We looked after the dogs ashore. Hauled coal and ice for water. Kept the ship in order. Not much there to do. And by 2pm, we called it a day. A short day even for a blue jacket. We were the king's finest. It would be a long night for us. The sun set for the last time in late March. We didn't see it again until September. The moon was our sun. The aurora our rosy twilight. Midwinter day, our yuletide celebration. Then came a gradual awakening. A long climb into the light. Springtime. There are no new green leaves, no diminishing of the bitter wind, but still, you can feel it. Bit by bit, we made ready for travel. When we'd go out next, it would be as veterans in the great white warfare against the south. There'd be no stopping us. Hey, Avenka, Brownie, shut up, you! You don't need to hit them so hard. Yes, you do. It's the only rule they know. They'll never work if they think they're pets. And we've got work to do here. It's 1,300 miles to the pole. Nobody's going to get there if they don't put their backs into it. And that includes the dogs. That's as may be. We'll be laying into it, and that's for sure. Look at that train of sledges. We'll be lucky to get it started off the ice here, let alone to the pole and back. We won't get that far, you and I. We're sailors, ours the work, there's the glory. Scott Shackleton, Dr. Wilson. But that's all right. We'll give them a good start, until the dogs can manage to pull the sledges on their own. Then it's off to the great unknown for them. Plenty of gear, but not enough for that distance. Still, with twelve of us pulling, with the dogs, we ought to get along. Dr. Wilson? You boys about ready? It's a grand day for us. For a glorious start to a noble enterprise. What do you think? 
Will we make it? We'll make sure of it, sir. It's a long way. If anyone can do it, we can. That's the spirit. That takes us where we need to go. Hearts of Oak! <laughs> ready, boys! Ready! He's a good man, that Wilson. Something about the way he is that calms people down, or bucks them up when they need it. The time has come. The great unknown. The discovery of the limits of the new continent. They are ours now. We have only to step out. Hey, well, we've got more than just stepping out to make the goal. Shh! On the long white road, and victory shall be ours. We are but servants to the cause of science. We are the servants. Shh! And if we but put our backs into the work and persevere, we will return with the greatest of results to justify our efforts here and bring on our own to England. The captain! Hip hip! Huzzah! Hip hip! Huzzah! Huzzah! Hip hip! Huzzah! Men, take your stations in the traces. Ho for the pole! One! Two, three, heave! Twelve of us started out before the leaders with the dogs. We thought then, and continued to believe, at our peril as it turned out, that it was a better thing to haul our sledges by taking up the harnesses ourselves than to rely on a transport as common as dogs. Look what McClintock had done in the Arctic, and Collinson, 1,336 miles by sledge in 70 days, averaging 23.5 for every day he could go, and all of it man-hauling. No dogs could do that. It would be a glorious thing for us British seamen to match that record. Of course, we weren't all of us British. Still, it would be a noble and manly thing to do. We hauled the load south 120 miles. I beat my own farthest south, and then the lot of us beat Borchie Gravings. Another day or two, the dogs. Took up the full loads forward toward the pole. We men... Headed up by Lieutenant Barn, he'd learned some, we hoped, since the disaster with Vince in the fall. We turned back to the ship. Our part for the pole was done, but we had other work to do. New lands to explore, seen yet only from a great distance. We all of us had a lot to learn. I fell into my first crevasse. Lieutenant Barn and I... Crevasse? What? Oh yes, Fraser. You'll have a lot to explain to your readers. There's terms for the ice in all its little ways. Sea ice with its flows and brash and growlers and pressure. Glacier ice, blue ice, neve. The barrier in the plateau, sastrugi, crevasse. I shan't explain them all to you, unless you ask. The ice you see, it's not at all solid. It moves, it flows like water, although we barely knew that then. It's snow, condensed and frozen and hardened. And I'll tell you, every colour there is, but white, wherever it is, it's moving. (laughs) 
on the barrier. The whole of my travels these first years we were over the barrier. It's thick. Hundreds of feet thick below your feet and flowing like one slow tide toward the sea. In places it has cracks in it clear through. We'd seen a few at Balloon Bight, but none to match these here. Anything from a yard to thirty feet across and deep. Hundreds of feet straight down. You can lie down at the edge and put your head over and you can't see the bottom. Just ice. Blue getting darker as it gets deeper into the pitch black of bottomless depth. We throw over an empty oil tin. The snow blows over the barrier. Builds up cornices at the edges and then these bridge over. You'll be walking along one of these bridges. You can't even tell it from the top. But there's only a few feet of snow beneath your feet. And then a straight drop. It sounds like a death trap. It does. Funny thing, we never lost a man to one. But there were more close calls than I can remember. Barn and I went through together. Straight down to the length of our harnesses. We dangled there, spinning in empty space. My heart near stopped that time. Thank God the others were safe above us to drop us a bowline and haul us up. I was wearing this little brown scapular then. This same one my mother gave me. It protected me then, and all my days. Sure as I'm here today to tell ya. God saved you then. And give me the strength I'd need to save myself. We turned back when our work supporting the southern party was done, made the ship in good order, rested up a day or two, and hit the trail again. There was an inlet Scott had noticed a long ways out, and it was our job to go back out with six weeks provision to find out where it led. Summer sledging it was, not so cold as spring and autumn on the trail. The sledges moved more easily, it was our first Christmas in the trail. We brought a bottle of port for the occasion, and my, it was cosy. Six of us in the tent for the feast. We each had to give a song. There's beautiful girls here, oh, never you mind. With beautiful shapes nature never designed. And lovely complexions, all roses and cream. But let me remark with regard to the same. That if of those roses you venture to sip, the colors might all come away on your lip. So I'll wait for the wild rose that's waiting for me, and the place where the dark morn sweeps down to the sea. Look there. It's clearing just a bit, thank heaven. Two weeks without a bearing. You'd think this unending southern wind would blow away the fog sometime. With no land in sight, the barrier looks just the same no matter which way you point. Hard tracks, sir? Yes, of course. They lead back to the ship if you follow them long enough. But here, which way is the ship? The compass isn't even much help with the magnetic pole right close at hand. We're close to the land. We must be. Since last we saw the bluff, it's been head to wind and the wind steady from the south. Not gone far adrift. The strugi across our tracks have been east and west the whole way. The surface has been changing all morning, waves and crevasses showing up out of the gloom every few yards. 
Not like yesterday's march at all. I hope the pole party have got a longer view. Look up. Blue sky is starting to show through the fog. That's the first colour I've seen all week, except for the green of Green's sledging flag. We'll stop here and see if it clears enough for us to get a bearing on Minna Bluff. Lunch ho! I'll make a start on the tent. Give us a hand. This tent Ray! Like Whose is this? Green's. Sir, Who's look there. Ready? It's clearing. At last, look the bluff. Look there, easterly. The inlet. It's miles away yet. And the ice between. Look at that. I've never seen such turmoil. It's broken up into blocks as big oh, as St. Paul's Dome. Goodness. The chasms between could swallow the ship whole. Must be miles across. We'll never get through that. We might get around it. If there's any landing to be made at all. Better at the edge of it than in the middle. If we'd gone on, there'd be no escape. No place to be wandering about with no bearing. No way out of that. One unlucky fall. The sledge lost out in crevice. And it will be all up for us. No one would come looking until we're gone over too. And then... Too late. But we're all right. Look! North! Towards the bluff! You can see it now! No way across there! See there, the inlet, past the mouth. Do you see it rising? The land between the banks rising. It's a glacier, a damn big one. A river of ice, by God. The glacier? All this broken ground? Broken? It's wrecked. It's destroyed the barrier all the way to the coast. It must be 15 miles to the shore. We'll never cross that. South. Look south. It's clearing. There's the headland. Your eyes are better than mine. New land! Are you sure? I see it! New land! We never did close with the land that time out. There was no crossing the outfall. We had to give it up and turn for the ship. We'd done our job though done what we'd set out to do. It was new land. We were the first men ever to set eyes on that shore, and we solved our own bit of the mystery. The mystery? The undiscovered secrets of the Antarctic. No one knew what was there before we came. The officers, the scientists, they wrote the books. And after you've read their words, you'll think you know the story. You'll be reminded of the greater glory of England, the glowing pinnacle of science. There's more to it. It was us. We, the men, we got them there, and got them home again. You'll look at what we went through, and wonder, why would a man go back? And why did you? If I talk long enough, perhaps I'll find out myself. The mystery, the unknown just beyond the horizon, awaiting discovery. New land. Featuring the voice talent of Christina Boyd as Nell Crean, David McIver as Tom Crean, David Alt as Frazier, April Sadowski as Mary Crean, Brian Bedard as Ernest Shackleton, Captain John Tadrzak as Seaman 1, Bill Holweg as Seaman 2, Stevie K. Farnaby as Frank Wilde, Clive Saunders as Captain Scott, Ronnie Rowlands as Taff Evans, Gareth Bowley as Dr. Wilson, and Michael Hudson as Lieutenant Barn. Music by April Sadowski of abreen.com 
and Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. This production was released under a Creative Commons No Derivatives Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 license. All characters, concepts and situations copyright 2009 to David Herzl.